Hello, greetings all. I'm Roger Fu, Associate Editor of the Journal of Molecular and Cellular Cardiology, JMCC, and you are listening to the JMCC podcast. Today, we are in for a treat because we are interviewing the scientist who is behind the work that's been nominated for the paper of the month in June for our journal. And here I'm talking about the paper that's entitled Hypertrophic Signaling Compensates for Contractile and Metabolic Consequences of DNA Methyltransferase 3A Loss in Human Cardiomyocytes. And the scientist in the spotlight is the senior author on the paper, Dr. Justus Steinzig. Uh, Justus is very familiar to me. He is a group leader in pharmacology in Hamburg. Uh, and just to declare the conflict of interest, we've been discussing a little bit uh, just before this, I'm also an author on the paper, although it has to be said, Justus really is the main driver. Again, this is the uh, podcast that puts the scientists in the spotlight. So we're really going to be talking about Justus and his journey. So Justus, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Roger, for uh, the nice introduction. Justus, so it's a little bit strange because I know you so well, and here we are, me asking you these questions, but I do want you to tell us about your scientific journey, uh, pre-doctoral uh, journey, and then take us all the way through uh, about how you have come through uh, to where you are today. Yeah, that's a good question. And actually, my scientific journal may be a tiny bit unusually because I'm actually uh, trained as a physician and I'm also officially working as a physician in uh, pharmacology, which means that I'm also doing a lot of um, teaching in university for medical students, but also other students. Um, and uh, my, my doctoral thesis is actually twofold because in the German system, people write a medical thesis. And then afterwards, I've uh, additionally done a PhD thesis. And uh, most of the time after medical school, I've actually been employed by the same department um, in the same university where I was trained um, as a medical student. Um, so it's a bit unusual because also I'm uh, working as a basic scientist uh, without any proper contact to clinical work, despite the fact that I'm trained as a physician. Um, but so far it seems to work quite well. And uh, the only break I took from, from this uh, same old medical school in Hamburg was actually uh, working in your lab, Roger, in Singapore. So that's interesting, just as actually, so I wonder whether that conversation about the year you spent in Singapore would come up. Um, I'm sure uh, we should also mention that again at another point in the conversation. But sticking to the um, journey, uh, before that, Justus, I wonder whether uh, you want to bring up any significant milestones in the process of all your training, uh, maybe also to uh, point to how you ended up working in this space of where you are today. Yeah, thanks for a very important question. Actually, I have to admit that my career took off uh, very slowly and I had a I had a very hard start. So I think the first significant milestone was indeed our first paper here on epigenetics. And um, I'm working in the lab and department of uh, Thomas Eschenhagen, who pioneered engineered heart tissue many years ago. So most of the work we are doing here actually employs engineered heart tissue or other forms of tissue engineering to answer uh, biological and cardiovascular questions. 
And um, the first paper that we produce here in Hamburg on uh, epigenetics in EHT, I would consider a milestone, which is not too long ago and has been published in basic research in cardiology. And uh, another one is uh, the recent paper double feature, uh, one of them in uh, circulation, the other one in JMCC, the one we're actually talking about, uh, on DNMT, DNA methyltransferase 3A knockout in engineered heart tissue, in human engineered heart tissue, which I think are uh, the most important um, publication points in my scientific career. Other than publications, I think a milestone really was my, my year in Singapore in the Foo Lab, uh, which, uh, well, which sparked an ongoing collaboration and also opened up my perspective and actually really helped a lot to, well, to speed up my career and uh, to make myself more visible, but also to learn a lot of new things about epigenetics. So I do want to come back to this interesting point you now have made, which is um, almost kind of like leveraging the expertise in uh, Thomas Ashenhagen's domain with the engineered heart tissue and then building upon that a fresh angle of epigenetics. I think this might be something quite interesting to highlight uh, to the listeners. And just because how you took advantage of something that was very deep as an expertise around you and then bringing a fresh angle to that. Indeed. So just a brief comment on that. Our lab here in Hamburg is, uh, I think, well known for, for cardiac tissue engineering. But tissue engineering so far has been mostly about the development of tissue engineering itself and about tissue replacement. And only the last couple of years have uh, made tissue engineering so routine that it can be used to address other scientific questions of which any group or every group here in our department has their own perspective and their own um, little niche. And um, that's how I came to develop engineered heart tissue as a tool for epigenetics research. Yeah, Justice, that's a great one. So the uh, interesting point then to make is yes now to the topic where you spent the time in Singapore working with us all in epigenetics, uh, really with you bringing that that angle of engineered heart tissue to us. So it was almost like a counter exchange where now we have, uh, you know, speaking with you and with Thomas and absorbing your expertise and helping us set up the uh, engineered heart tissue. Yeah, so um, I think that was a very fruitful exchange. And uh, I would consider myself to have uh, two mentors in my career, one for epigenetics, which is you, and the other one for tissue engineering, which is obviously Thomas Eschenhagen. And uh, I think so far the, the technology and expertise transfer went quite well. And I'm still happy about this ongoing collaboration. So just uh, still then sticking to uh, your scientist journey, I wonder whether you want to say a bit about what's going on in research where you are. Um, I guess Hamburg is very much dominated by your lab, but there are also some other cardiovascular research uh, labs that are quite, quite outstanding around you, right? Or maybe if you want to go broader to Germany, what's going on in research around there? Well, actually, I'm, I'm uh, at a middle stage of my career, so I can only um, comment on this of the perspective not so much of the politics, but rather of how it works for the average scientist. Um, and I think that cardiovascular science in Hamburg and in Germany has recently taken up a lot of momentum um, because of the funding of the German Center for Cardiovascular Research uh, or the DZHK as we call it in German, uh, which is a fantastic initiative, which was actually also pioneered by my mentor, Thomas Eschenhagen. 
which opens up a lot of uh, perspectives for collaboration within Germany, but also outside Germany. And uh, then there's a number of European Union initiatives that make my life easier. And, uh, and the DZHK really makes, made my uh, scientific career a lot easier. Um, and here in Hamburg, we're currently um, trying to start a collaborative research center together with the cardiology department. So we're trying to build upon the different angles of expertise on cardiovascular research in Hamburg, which is mainly cohort studies and biomarkers from the cardiology side and tissue engineering from our side and um, try to shape this into something um, yeah, more collaborative and um, fruitful. Well, that sounds very powerful. So it sounds like we have um, more stuff to look out for coming out from where around you. Just as um, let's now maybe turn the direction towards the, the area of epigenetics that is the focus of your paper. You want to say a bit about what's going on in epigenetics research in cardiovascular? It's become quite a hot topic, I guess, even for us to have to say it, right? Obviously, our world is all epigenetics, but there's increasing attention on it. I think, as you already mentioned, probably you can answer this question much better than <laughs> I can, because your focus is somewhat broader on epigenetics than my own. So far, I've been mainly looking at... Um, DNA methylation in heart failure. Uh, this is one of many, many topics in epigenetics research in um, cardiovascular disease. And uh, of course, the technological um, advancement recently has um, sped up epigenetics research a lot because um, many um, experiments rely on novel technology, as you probably know best, um, employing all these novel technologies. So I think of course, the, the ultimate goal is to head more into a therapeutic area. But so far, there are some attempts, many uh, with bad bromo domain inhibitors and uh, mm. HDEC inhibitors. And so far, as, as far as I know, DNA methylation is not being developed that actively as a therapeutic principle. Mm. However, with the uh, ad recent advancement of... Um, epigenetic modification tools like epigenome editing, also DNA methylation might become accessible as a therapeutic focus. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, um, the way that you're describing it, just as, you know, the technology really will hopefully help us to get some great ways to get to this. And, you know, your comment about uh, histone modifiers uh, going towards clinics and trials and so on, that reminds me of all the other scientists in this epigenetics field, with which you and I know very well about, uh, and and how amazing some of this work is coming out from this community. I, I you know just to close on that subject of the science because we are going to hear you speak in a webinar on this topic on the twelfth of July, uh, to speak about the work precisely. So so folks, um, look for the flyer and also the link to the webinar. Uh, we look forward to hearing that from you, Justus. I don't know if you want to say anything about the work specifically. Yeah, thank you, Roger, for, for pointing to this. Um, I think we will hear a lot more about the actual science behind it there. And uh, this will uh, also be Ralf Gilsbach uh, speaking in that session. So probably we'll hear two uh, pretty much different perspectives on the same topic. Um, because uh, what we will be talking about and what the paper is about 
is a DNA methyltransferase 3A knockout in human uh, engineered heart tissue. And we actually discovered, or we think we discovered, a fine tuning uh, function of DNA methylation for um, metabolism, especially for uh, HIF signaling and PPIR gamma signaling. And uh, we think that it needs a lot of harsh conditions that will probably not even ever pop up in vivo uh, to uncover these effects of DNA methylation-based modification of metabolism. And, um, and I'm happy to discuss this in more detail in, in this upcoming webinar. That's great, Tristus. In fact, you know, given that you've pointed out this link to uh, metabolism, it reminds me that in our last podcast, when we spoke with Rong Tian, and that's her area of metabolism, and I see some level of convergence between uh, epigenetics and metabolism. So it's not surprising that that is a direction that you know we'll be seeing coming up in lots more research work. Apart from that, I wonder whether also you want to mention any other directions that the epigenetic field seems to be going towards. I think you mentioned therapeutics, uh, new technologies. I think with regard to epigenetics and especially DNA methylation, the heart is um, a very special organ. Of course, it's our organ of interest and in that makes it very special, but it's also a very individual niche of research because um, it's neither a very plastic DNA methylation like in cancer, nor is it plastic in a way as it is in neuroscience, but we think that it has to be plastic in some way, but probably it performs its very own individual role, which is different from uh, regenerating tissues or more regenerating tissues and also from, uh, from, from the brain. So we think uh, there's still a lot of research to do also on DNA methylation. I have to say though, that um, I, we indeed believe that um, DNA methylation only performs a fine tuning role, but we still also don't know how it's connected to other epigenetic marks, even though, for example, Ralf Gilsbach and uh, Gianluigi Condorelli and others um, contributed a lot to these questions, but still, there's a lot of open questions, also with regard of DNA, to DNA methylation, but also DNA methylation and other epigenetics marks in uh, other diseases. For example, just to name um, atrial fibrillation, where research is only taking up momentum uh, right now. Actually, that reminds me, just as your paper, uh, which is the feature here, is actually part of a series in the journal, isn't it, for epigenetics? Yeah, this is a... Um, a disynchronous special issue. There's, I'm sure there's a number of uh, other interesting contributions soon to come. Yeah. Uh, and we're, of course, happy to look out for those. So just as we're coming to the uh, close to the end uh, of this uh, interview, but before we leave it, I cannot miss out asking um, some more personal type questions towards you. Uh, and this, this is, in fact, about Volvo. And the reason I'm bringing up Volvo is because you kindly hosted me once in Hamburg and I saw your very old Volvo car. I, I thought that you might like to say a bit about your fascination about the car. All, all Thanks the for general. pointing this out, Roger. So scientists, uh, as most of the listeners will probably know, do have a life apart from science. It's <laughs> good. Um, and one of uh, my areas of life apart from science is indeed uh, vintage cars and and I'm also additionally, without wanting to advertise it too much, uh, playing in a hard rock band uh, when I'm not at work. And uh, admittedly, this happens every now and then that I'm not at work and that I'm happy to do these things. And I'm also happy to host other scientists uh, here in Hamburg and 
uh, especially of course Roger and drive them around in my old Volvo. Yeah, so just so for the listeners to know, if you ever do go to Hamburg and uh, look up Justus, you get the pleasure of sitting in a vintage car, a Volvo vintage car, no less. Okay, Justus, last question uh, in this list of topics. Thank you so much for patience. I wanted to ask you if, you know, I, I know you are uh, still fairly young in the scheme of things, but, you know, for a very much earlier scientist, I wonder if you would say a bit about how you chose, you know, how should people be thinking if they wanted to choose areas of the research that they want to go into, you know, cardiovascular is so wide. That's a tough question. Because I'm uh, pretty sure that I didn't do everything right uh, <laughs> from the start. Otherwise, uh, I think my career would be a lot more advanced than it is now. But that said, um, I also started uh, off with a, a rather unusual situation because here in Hamburg, in our pharmacology department, uh, tissue engineering was basically set as the main tool uh, for research. So when I started doing research on my own uh, without having a specific input on what to do other than Thomas Eschenhagen's uh, uh, who taught me everything I know about tissue engineering. I basically was free to choose whatever to do with tissue engineering. And back then uh, this boiled down to a very particular scientific question because epigenetics research had been hampered by the fact that um, it's very important to do cell type specific research and uh, engineered heart tissue at least in its current form, provides an opportunity to do exclusively cardiomyocyte-specific or blend in other cell type um, cardiomyocyte-specific uh, research. And uh, that's why I thought it's a good idea. And back then it was also a very pertinent and exciting topic since uh, when I started um, doing epigenetics research, um, the TET enzymes uh, responsible for active demethylation were just about um, being discovered. And also I read the first uh, papers published by Roger's group. So I became intrigued. And uh, I just, to answer your question really now, I just uh, pursued the road of what I found most interesting uh, and that can yet be done with um, engineered heart tissue. So it was a mixture of what I found as tools and what I was interested in. And I basically tried to uh, find the best combination of the tools at hand and my personal interest in science. This sounds great, Justus. It sounds like a combination of um, being very aware of opportunities that's kind of lying around us, right? And then also thinking very laterally, like the way you've done. Well, I, it took me some time to figure this out, that this would be the best thing to do. So maybe listeners uh, at an <laughs> earlier stage of their career uh, if, if it can be helped somehow, uh, don't need that much time anymore. You are way too modest, Justus, as always, uh, for yourself. Okay, thank you very much, Justus, for giving us this interview. And listeners, don't forget to tune in to the webinar uh, on the 12th of July, when Justus and our other colleague, Ralph Gilbash, uh, will be presenting their work. And, uh, and it is around cardiovascular epigenetics. I'm glad to report. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you, Justus. Thank you, Roger. It's been a pleasure.